right, we live? Well, not live. It's a podcast. We're back. Well, I mean, we're live. Well, we're, yeah, we're live in the moment. We are, we are podcasting, but when this comes out in the future, no longer live. It's just not how podcasts work. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it's the advance of tech. technology. Uh, it's, it's a trippy. wild thing. It's trippy. You can listen to radio without listening to the radio. That's what I'm trying to say. It's great. Uh, Remember when TVs, when, like, the first TV came out, like, you could pause? <laughs> Like, I remember the, the first time that was a thing, like, Philips released it. It was a Philips TV originally. And in the commercial for the TV, a guy's watching a football game. And his team is about to kick a game-winning field goal. And he pauses the TV, drives to church, prays, and then comes home and pushes play. And the kicker makes a field goal. And my, like, I was so I was such a little kid at the time. I was like... You can pause live, live. How does that like? It, I just like I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Then my dad had to explain it to me, and I was like, "That makes way more sense." What's great about that commercial is it's so realistic, and uh, it just it perfectly depicts the uh, the crazy, ridiculous uh, sports fan uh, who, would, who would absolutely go to church to pray for a field goal to get made. Um, but yeah, technology has brought us here. We are now speaking through the internet. Uh, <laughs> a lot of cool stuff on that internet. So much cool shit. Welcome back, y'all. This is NBA episode 65. I don't know any 65 relevant players and or stats or information. We've gotten to the point in NBA where there are very few players left on the number spectrum. Like, we're pretty much going to have nobody until, like, 99. What is this, 60, 65? 65. We got Chris Webber at 84. That's fair. There's definitely some other people. Ron Artest, 96. True. There's there's people. God willing, we make it to episode 96. Oh, we'll get there. Well, Nikki's such a diva, he could cause the breakup of, it's true. of the group. It's true. Yeah, he pushes us to our brink every single week. But somehow we get through. Nikki's not here this week. It's a Tad and Jay episode, a TJ episode, a Jay Tad episode, a Key Hall episode. That's good. Yeah. I like that. I like it. Crushed it. Uh, Tad, let's start off by talking about the Phoenix Suns, shall we? I, I would love to. I just want to give me one second here. George Rat Ratkovich. Mm. George Ratkovich mm. for the Syracuse Nationals in 1950 war number 65. Yep, doesn't count. If it was in black and white, it doesn't count. Um, I'm your host, Jake Hilas, a.k.a. Detlef Shrimp, a.k.a. Jimmy. I can't believe it's not Butler. Uh, directly in front of me, hey, introduce yourself, sir. Hey, it's Tad, and for the second week in a row, I have no good AKA. Yeah. I've just been, I've been really bad. Like, normally, like, I come up with them, like, day of or day before. For some people, it's a gift. For you, it's not. It's, it's, it's all right. You know, we all have our things. We all have our things. Your, uh, your thing is, uh, you know, you get irrationally upset um, quickly. You're like the Hulk without any like, I am. real strength. That um, is true. Yeah, but otherwise, same guy. Same guy. Tad Banner. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> also, fun fact, last night there was something about Mark Ruffalo on like a commercial or something, and I said to Lauren, I was like, you ever seen The Time Traveler's Wife? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, "I was like, cool, that movie stars Eric Bana, but him and Mark Ruffalo are pretty much the same person. <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. I was like, that's not even... Okay. Like, I said it, and then I was like, fuck, that's Eric Bana. Like, <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, shit, okay. So much brings those guys together. They're like the, the same the dude. They play like kind of the same... Mm. I would disagree. They look the same mannerisms. I don't know. There's really not as as the Hulk. As the Hulk, they have the same mannerisms. No, 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 no. Just like the the dudes, the the people themselves. No, Mark Ruffalo is an everyman. Eric Bana is like a strikingly handsome leading man type, who gets no leading man roles, but has. But they're like they're like that kind of like 
like I don't know, like that like dour look to themselves. Mm. If you guys don't know what that means, Google it. <laughs> That's a, a word you don't hear in everyday conversation. Probably ever and probably won't hear again. It's like they're kind of like off-putting mm. like to some degree. Mm. I would disagree. I think Arab Bannon is really handsome. That's it. That's all I got. And he's Australian. Winner. I honestly didn't know that. Yeah, dude. He's got a thick accent. I don't think I've ever heard him talk outside of the movies. Have you never seen Funny People? No. He's in Funny People. He's speaking in a fully Australian accent. Oh. That's the, the Seth Rogen... Adam Sandler movie? Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. It's I, I've heard nothing but good things. Great movie. Just never seen it. Good movie. Um, so, as I mentioned earlier, this is NBA, the podcast where we try to talk about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk a lot of shit. And we're going to start today by talking about Ryan McDonough being fired by the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Tad, eight days before the season's about to start, uh, Robert Sarver decides, let's can this motherfucker. Let's get rid of this dude. What are your thoughts when you find out that Ryan McDonough, less than less than two weeks away from the season starting, almost a week away from the season starting, is now bye bye? Yeah, I mean that's just like <laughs> the Suns continue just to be an absolute train wreck of an organization. And actually, I can't say that, so never mind. I'm gonna. I had a comment to make, but like I realize now that like it's important. You know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I was gonna say, did Ryan McDonough fuck uh, Sarver's wife? But at, uh, yeah, we we're, we're just we won't go down that track. No, he fucked his mistress. That is the Phoenix Suns um, again and again and again. And I just again. like dude. He Sarver might be the worst owner. He's not in the great. NBA. He he's is. I think he's the worst owner. He arguably is second only maybe to like James Dolan and the Devos family in Orlando. Oh, good call. Ah, uh, there's some other folks too. Um, but in any case, so here's the thing about Ryan McDonough is like he's had a very weird tenure in Phoenix, like five years, and it seems like. It seems like for the last three years specifically, like they were always in rumors going after the big free agent. Like they had an interview with LaMarcus Aldridge yep. and Blake Griffin. And like there were rumors that Kyrie was going to get traded there. And like there was even some rumors about LeBron James like giving them an opportunity to, to pitch him. So like they always seem to be in those conversations over the last couple of years, which was odd because they weren't really properly situated in, 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 a, in a situation where they could actually – take that new talent and and become even a playoff team for that matter. Um, but they, they've had some really weird tenure of, like, coaches. And also, like, they had that, like, three-headed point guard monster of Isaiah Thomas and, and Drogic and Eric Bledsoe and right. I guess Brandon Knight to some extent that, like, that one season made the playoffs. And that was pre-Isaiah Thomas. But nonetheless, like, made the, made the playoffs with Jeff Horn a second and just, like, surprised everybody. And then the next season they bring in another point guard on Isaiah Thomas and it just explodes. And then they have trading Drogic. They trade Isaiah Thomas. They gave Tyson Chandler a huge contract. Yeah. They've made a lot of really weird moves. They've, they've made a lot of really bad trades. And, I mean, now, with that being said, like, they've had uh, a pretty good draft record since he was there. Like, TJ Warren, very solid, like, third scorer on your team, like, Really good kind of 3 and D, small forward. That guy, that guy will give you 17, 18 points a game easily. He's one of the best, like, kind of, like, third-tier scorers in the league. Devin Booker at 13 was a fucking steal. Like, Josh Jackson still remains to be seen, but, like, they don't they don't have a tattered draft history outside of, like, Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender, which was, like, I don't know what you do in that situation. It's kind of it's kind of sad that you get two top ten picks and you can't even hand on one. Like, that's a bad draft for them. But, like, show me a GM like who hasn't freaking, had a Remember the Timberwolves? Sure, Rubio and Johnny Flynn. That's what I'm saying. Like, and sh- sh- you you show me a GM who's got like a spotless record as, as, as for for drafting. Like, there's just it just doesn't happen. The draft is a, is a fucking shit show. Like, it's a it's a 
it's a crapshoot. You right. just kind of like roll the dice and see what happens. But it's just his entire tenure there was really weird. Um, you know, I really hadn't like like until you broke it down like that. Like I was like, yeah, like they've signed some guys and like they've drafted fairly well. But like as you like kind of brought like broke it down, I was like, shit, dude. Like they have there have been some weird free agent signings. Mm-hmm. They have. They're always like I. I'm not joking when I say like there's marquee free agents and they. It's like oh the Suns are in contention right. and every single time I'm like how yeah why yeah like Phoenix by all accounts is a terrible place to live. It is a monument to man's arrogance. <laughs> like it is so goddamn hot there. It is off. I went there in July and it's like it's a really cool city. It's a cool city, um, but it is for most of the year an oven. Um, Income tax is pretty low, so there's that. It is a metropolitan area, and, like, they do have some semblance of a winning culture with, like, seven seconds or less. And then you have, like, the 93 Suns with Chuck Barkley. Like years ago. Yeah, but still, like, there, there's history there. Like, they've, they've won a championship before. Like, Charles Barkley played there. He was a, 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 you know, a marketable star. Steve Nash played there for years. He's a marketable star. Like Jason Kidd, Stephen Marbury. Sure. Lots of guys. So, like, it's a team that, historically speaking, has been able to, to attract some level of, of high-profile star. Um... It's just the timing is just so weird. Cause like, what do you do now? Now you go into the season, you're just like, okay, like the 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 Anderson for it was basically Ryan Anderson and Brian Knight for Marquise Chris and and nothing. Um, that that trade that they just made recently, like that was an interesting trade. I, I if it was me, I'm I guess I I agree with the 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 move of keeping Dragon Bender since he's so much younger and and is still growing as a player versus keeping Marquise Chris who seems to be a, a finished product. Um. But it just the timing is just so weird. Like you never want to see a GM get fired after an entire offseason. Like that dude has now built your team for this year. That's your team now. Like if you were gonna fire Ryan McDonough, fire him at the end of the season, bring somebody else in, and then have them build out the team. See, like there, ha- like I have to think that something went on like behind sure. the scenes. Like you have to think that sure. because like. I don't care. Even your most incompetent owner does not fire a guy right before the season starts. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to fire a management in the middle of the season. Like, right. I can kind of get behind that move. I still think that's stupid. I think, like, you've hitched your, your – you've, like, you know, hitched your wagon to this horse. Right. Like, just ride it out for the remainder of the season. But, like, I get executives getting fired midseason. Like, that makes sense. Yep. Firing a guy right before the season starts when – this is the team that he because like you can fire a guy mid season and then like bring in your interim GM or like even maybe hire the guy that you want as your GM right. moving forward and he can make moves that set you up for the future yep. like at that point. But like you have just like like your front office is like hamstrung and like I saw that Robert Sarver said he wanted to take a more active role in the yep. front office duties and I'm like that is just fu- that's a fucking terrible decision like it, right. like I, he is a bad owner yeah. No, I completely agree. It's just, it's it's a weird move. It's it's I, I, he's also like been known to be very cheap. So I'm wondering if like he like he didn't like that Ryan Anderson trade because that contract is stupid. Like it's yeah. a really expensive contract. And like it, you know he's a he's a veteran presence that they get on that team. They made some signings this year, like tr- you know Trevor Ariza and shit like that. DeAndre Ayton seems like all signs point to oh he's him good looking he's really good. good. But like. He was almost a duh pick, like number one overall pick, like just a, a, yeah. You a, can't miss. Yeah, that. that's that's a hard pick to miss. It, uh, thus far, I mean, it, we'll we shall see. Um, from one shit show to another shit show, though, uh, Jimmy Butler returned to practice this week. He uh, he is back practicing with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Turns out some trades that were just about to go down at the last minute um, just fell through. Just fell through. The Miami Heat offered a first round pick and Josh Richardson, according to sources, and Minnesota said no thanks, which. Frankly, I'm shocked. Um, you know, the fact that they would get that much for Jimmy. Josh Richardson is a 
super, super undervalued player in the NBA. Like, lockdown defender, can shoot the three exceptionally well, and his contract is so cheap. I think he's making, like, $800,000 a year. Yeah, he was a second-round pick, yeah, wasn't he? Right? Yeah, he's so cheap. Yeah. Like, that guy's still controlled for at least two more seasons at that contract level. That gives you so much yeah, flexibility. Yeah, I think, I think if you pick up his option next season, he makes, like, one point zero one right. million dollars, which like it's just like, dude, that's pennies. If you're if you're trying to rebuild that team, that's pennies. The thing that I heard, the rumors that I heard, was that they really wanted Bam out of Adebayo, and Miami was like, not a chance. Yeah, but why We're would you? Wouldn't. There's, I wouldn't give him up happen. either. Um, I, they were trying to ship off Hassan Whiteside, and, and they're still continuing to do that, but. It, it's a really weird thing. Like, the, the trade fell through. It seems like Eric Spoltra and Pat Riley more than ever want Jimmy Butler. Like, they really want him there. So they may bend a little bit. I'm just wondering what what that bend's going to look like. There's been some other rumors about, like, the Rockets maybe being interested in, like, some of these other teams. But ultimately, Jimmy goes back to Minnesota. Uh, and in his first practice, he teams up with the third-string uh, Minnesota Timberwolves players who are... 100% camp invites that will probably never, ever play a minute of NBA basketball, uh, and beats the first team. Yeah. Beats the first team and proceeds to uh, tell the GM, y'all can't fucking win with me. You need me. Uh, and then, when interviewed by the press, says, look, who's the best player on this team? Cat. Who has the most God-given talent on this team? Andrew Wiggins. Right. Who's the hardest work on this team? Me. Like, if those motherfuckers would work even half as hard as I do, they would be so much fucking better. Dude, like, it honestly pisses me off how many guys are just such fucking wastes of talent. I'm like, saying. Andrew Wiggins is the biggest fuck. I fucking hate that guy. I legitimately hate Andrew Wiggins. Like, he is, dude, he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's a waste. It's a waste. Like, there's 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 certain hard things that you have to do to, like, really... And, like, Jimmy Butler, say what you will about him. Like, a lot of... Hate him or love him. A lot of people don't like him because he's kind of come off as a prima donna since... Like his lap, the last two years yeah, of him being a bull. I blame Dwayne Wade a little bit. I, for that. I blame him a lot for that. Although he definitely had some like run-ins with Joe Keem and Derrick Rose before Dwayne Wade got there. So like he had signs of being. But here's the thing though, like I don't call Jimmy a prima donna. Like Jimmy just expects more of everybody around him. Like, he's he's dad. Just always been. Yeah, he's he he's is. like he's kind of like dad. Chris Paul. Yes, but exactly. He's, but exactly. it's 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 worse. Like he's worse than Chris Paul because Chris Paul. Was a lottery pick. When also was arguably it, the it, best a, point guard of all time behind Magic Johnson. The top three pick. John Stockton, man. Like, come on. It's an all-time assist leader. Chris Paul is better than John Stockton. Well, yeah, pretty comparable players. But I, you know what? I, I won't debate you on next, this. Just next, like, next call. Spent way too much time. Um, but that said, uh, yeah, Chris Paul was like a, was a lottery. Like, like Chris Paul's a lottery pick. He works hard and that kind of thing. Like, Jimmy Butler was a fucking, like, was he, he wasn't the 30th la- over pick? Was, last yeah. pick in the first round? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I was I couldn't remember if he was the last pick in the third round or the fir- or first round, sorry, yeah, or the first, first pick in the second round. Yep. Um, but, like, yeah, like, just, like, came in, went to work, like, mm-hmm. did everything that was asked of him and, like, worked super hard. Yep. And so, like it's it is in some degree it's to some degree it's different because like Chris Paul was such like a highly rated player coming mm-hmm. out of college, and it's I just like it fucking it pisses me off because you look at how many guys that play in the league that could be so much better but just don't give a shit. They're right. like fuck it, I play basketball, I make millions right. of dollars, right. like I don't give a fuck. Right. Happy going through the and like I follow Andrew Wiggins on Instagram and shit, and like his Instagram is just like in, like his Instagram stories are just like infuriating. <laughs> Just like you talk about a guy who just could not right. give a fuck about anything. It yeah. like I don't know. It drives me insane. And so like I really do. I understand where Jimmy Butler's coming from yeah. and I think I think it, it it looks it makes him look bad, but like I am 100% on his side. Right. The the hard part is like Jimmy to your point like he is not 
depending on who you ask, he is a he's somewhere between the range of like ten and fifteen in terms of like best players in the NBA. Like somewhere in the range of ten to fifteen, depending on who you ask. Everybody's got him in a different position. Um, he has not really won anything. So like Kobe had this gene, but Kobe had championships. So like Kobe's aspirations were championships, and Kobe Kobe won championships, and Kobe was a top three to five player in his time in the NBA, depending on or one to five player depending on the season. Um, Kobe he, was a lunatic, though. That's true. I, I, and uh, like Jimmy Butler doesn't appear to be a lunatic. And Kobe had, Kobe was a lunatic, and Kobe had like the front office and the coaching staff behind him. Right. And so it was like, yo, yeah, Kobe's nuts, and he like outworks everybody. But you better fucking put in like right. a like right. at least a quarter of the effort that he does, right. because otherwise we'll ship you out of here to keep Kobe happy. Right. So it's like completely different, like in the sense that like. Yeah, Kobe won, but Kobe also won because his mentality right. rubbed off on those other guys. Right. Jimmy Butler just like like nobody seems to be behind him, which like actually right. kind of pisses me off. Yeah. So, but also at the same time, like doesn't that then speak to like maybe he is a prima donna and like because like Kobe's intentions while psychotic were were good in the sense of like yo we're the Lakers and like we're a championship winning franchise. This is what we do, which is why he then gets the backing of the front office where. In this case, Jimmy has it, – uh, it appears he has the backing of no one except for Tibbs. Um, and that's why Jimmy's basically going after the GM and saying, like, yo, you fucking need me. You cannot win without me. Isn't Tibbs the GM's the boss? Yeah, He's president the president of, of basketball. I don't know. That whole shit is fucking weird. Anyways, I don't want to keep on talking about Jimmy Butler because we've been talking Jeff about him Teague for said, weeks. Did you hear, though, the uh, Luol Deng – or not Luol Deng, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Jimmy <laughs> Butler. I, I was I was thinking Luol Deng because uh, – I was just thinking about, like, the players only meeting, and I was like, was the players only meeting just Jimmy Butler and the wall dang? Because <laughs> Jimmy Butler said they had a players only meeting, and that, Jeff yeah. Teague was like, quit fucking lying, y'all yeah. fake news. Like, this, like, there was no players only yeah. meeting. I'm like, did he just meet with, did Jimmy just meet yeah. with the third string? Just him and, yeah, the third string guys. That happened in, in San Antonio, too, where, like, they said that Kawhi had a, t- a team meeting with everybody, and then I think it was Danny Green who was like, mm, oh, no. Kawhi was the one who was just like, mm, we never had a team meeting, so I don't know what this is Maybe about. they had a team meeting and nobody invited Jeff Teague. Ah, uh-oh. Jeff Teague is driving around downtown Minneapolis begging through text for the address to Jimmy <laughs> Butler's players-only meeting. You remember that Mark Cuban thing oh, with Chris yeah. Broussard? Oh, yeah. That is one of my favorite, like, NBA memes. Like, when it's like, oh, driving around, like, begging. Like, just you can insert anything into that. Uh, oh, man. Well, let's move on to the topic. For I don't want to talk topic. about Jimmy Butler ever again that's on this not, podcast. That's not. We're going to talk about him again when he gets traded, though. Um, all right. So last week we did the Eastern Conference uh, predictions for over-unders. If you missed it, make sure and check out last week's episode, episode 64. We did our Eastern Conference predictions. We picked our Eastern Conference winner. Um, all the above. We picked our seedings. Today we're going to go Western Conference. Um, and we're going to start from the bottom and go all the way to, to the top. So, uh, Tad, coming in. In last place in the Western Conference, the Sacramento Kings are slated at 25 and a half games expected to win the season. What say you, sir? Under. 100%. They suck. They're fucking terrible. They're bad. And they have now, no, like, the team has no cohesion. Nah. It's it's going to be interesting. They like, still have Willie Cauley-Stein. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So here's, here's the one thing I will say about Sacramento. They do have some really fun young players. Like, I do like De'Aaron Fox. I really liked Marvin Bagley in college. Harry Giles had a really good summer summer league, and like all signs were like that guy was supposed to be the number one overall pick in last year's draft. He just has substantial 
knee injury issues and like fucking both ACLs have been torn. But basically, he took the entire season. This is his rookie season. He had an entire off season basically right. to recover in an NBA facility with an NBA team while learning the offense and learning everything. Like I actually, I'm really. I'm looking forward to Harry Giles' season this year. I think he'll actually be really good. Yeah. I think he'll surprise a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people really know who he is. No, they really don't. Like he fell, he fell off of the radar for a lot of people in college because he didn't really play at Duke either. Like he just was hurt the whole time he was there. Yeah. So he's got an entire season of rehabbing in NBA facilities, like top of the line facilities, and like Sacramento just rebuilt their facilities last year. So like he's coming in at the right time. I don't know much about their medical staff, but like it can't be can't They're, be worse like, than Duke. kind of. Or like middle of the yeah, road. Can't be worse than a college and definitely not worse than a high school. I really like him. Like if he ends up taking over the center duties, because he does have the ability to kind of like stretch the floor and like shoot from, he, from longer. He's a range. Mod, modern day center. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he really so like, is. If you put him and like Marvin Bagley in the front court, they still have um, There's a lot of defensive problems there. Sure. You still have Bogdan Bogdanovich. They still have Scal uh, Labissier. The man's like, so nice. The bench and shoot. They named him twice. <laughs> yeah. Bogdan and like, Bogdanovich. Sc like Scal is still kind of doing his thing. I really like Bogdan. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, like, I, I liked him last year. He definitely has some holes in his game, um, namely his ability to not shoot and uh, just not shoot well. But nonetheless, um, I agree with you. Definitely under uh, 25 games, but I think it probably hovers right around there. I'm going to go, like, 23. At 22. Okay. That's yeah. why I have them pegged at 22. Uh, the team that we just talked about earlier in the podcast, the Phoenix Suns, are slated to win 29 under. games this season. Under. I actually like them. I'm going to call that a wash. I'm going to say even. I think they're going to finish right around 29 games. Uh, I Devin Booker's coming off that hand in injury, but it seems like his recovery is pretty speedy and he'll come back pretty quickly. I'm really interested to see what that like their top four is going to look like with like Josh Jackson, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and like um, uh, what's his uh, Miles Bridges or um, no uh, Mikael Bridges. Who's their head coach? Uh, that guy from. I can see his face. Serbia? I think he's a Serbian cat. The guy who coached, to... He's the guy who coached Luka Doncic for the, the Serbian national team. What? Or Slovenia. Slovenia. He's from Slovenia. He's European. That's what I know. But that's why a lot of people David, thought that... David, David Blatt. Nope, 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 nope. Incorrect. Um, that's why a lot of people thought that he was going to... Um, that they were going to take Doncic first overall because like, he, he was his international team coach. Right. I remember that. Yeah. I just can't... Oh, Igor Kost... Kokoskov. Kokosov. 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 Yeah. Apparently he has a really good uh, coaching record internationally. We'll see what he does. Uh, we've had other people come in and do nothing. So I'm not an international coach. Just get him fucked out. See. Like, it's just, the game is completely different. Completely you have a weird different. fucking... I do like their young core, though. I really do. Like, Josh Jackson had a really good second half last year. I think Mikhail yeah, Bridges I, like, is going to be really nice for them. So like, many guys a, have good second halves, yeah. and then, like, just to don't do anything the like next him. season. He's a, he, he's a really good defender. Um, next, I have the... them at twenty four wins. Just so wow, we, yeah. I, just, I only have them at twenty four. I just the team is weird. Like, there's no. They are also like 24. the the or the the Kings where there is no like cohesion. Like, the, I, it's such a weird. You, the roster is so weirdly constructed. So I'm gonna ask you a question. Do you think that the Phoenix on you you think that Orlando is better than the Phoenix Suns? I have them both winning twenty four games. Oh, sorry, Orlando. I forgot about that. Uh, next on the list, Memphis Grizzlies, 33 games. Now, keeping in mind that Mike Conley and Marcus Hall are coming back off of, like, extended injury-ridden seasons last year, um, they do have Jaron Jackson, who they drafted. The famous Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson's amazing. Um, and I guess a couple other young 
players of note. Uh, oh, Ben McLemore. How could we forget about Ben McLemore? <laughs> uh, but, okay, so <laughs> Memphis, um, 33 games. Wait, didn't didn't they send McLemore back to the Kings? I think you might be right, yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. I think Ben McLemore is playing in Sacramento again. I think you're right. Um, it's ridiculous. 33 is probably right. 31, maybe. I think they're better than 33. I like, really do. I, I just, I assuming, don't. Assuming that those guys can stay healthy. Because, see, I don't think they will. And Chandler Parsons, if he can stay healthy. They're, they're, the game, their core is old. Like, there's and not hurt. a ton of old room for guys like Marcus Gasol in the yeah. league anymore. Um, Conley, I love. One of my Could favorite players. Two years I ago, was the, two years ago was the highest paid player in the NBA. Crazy. Which is wild, I know. But when that salary cap blew up, he was only, like, big free agent at the time. But, like, uh, I love Mike Conley. I like him a lot. Can't stay healthy. I like Marcus All. He doesn't really fit in the game anymore, but can't stay healthy. I used to fucking love Chandler Parsons. But he sure as hell can't stay healthy, and he has not in any way lived up to any of his contracts. I just, I don't. I, 33 wins is probably the ceiling. Yeah, I, I'd say it's probably gonna be closer to 31. Yeah, but I mean, if they stay healthy, they might win. They might win 40 games if yep. they stay healthy. But like the odds of them, they're not making the playoffs. Right, they're definitely not. No, I don't think they make the playoffs either. Um, this next team, though, this is gonna be an interesting one because this is where it starts to get interesting. Of teams like are right outside of the playoffs range. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, 34 and a half. I have them at 42 wins. Ooh, I like that. I don't have them at 40. I have them like right around 39, but I actually really like Dallas this year. They're like, they're like my sneaker, my sneaker, my sneaky eighth seed pick for, I just really like their they're, team. You're, they're like your, my, like my Cavs yes. in the East. They are. I think people are yes. underestimating them a lot, man. I really like Luka Doncic. I really like the, the DeAndre Jordan signing. Cause like he, he works perfectly with a guy like Luka Doncic who can handle the ball and like, He's a rim runner. Like he, he still has the ability to do that and defend at a, at a plus level. Um, you know, Dirk coming off the bench, still contributing. It's not going to be Dirk, but he's he's contributing. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. looks good. Had, had I expect his... him. The reason I have them, you know, seven and a half wins above where they're put right now is because I think he's going to take a big leap in I year too. two. I like and him. I really am counting on Luca to, like outperform expectations Mm -hmm. like I really am so I like this is my like weird team that I'm for some reason all in on this season I don't know why but there is just something about them it's like a je ne sais quoi yeah I'm telling you man that 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 DeAndre Jordan's like that that signing is going to be a big plus for them this year I think I also think like Harrison Barnes is going to actually take a leap this season because what this allows Harrison Barnes to do is go back to that role that he had in Golden State where he just kind of like he just pops out to the corner and hits his corner threes and like plays his defense and guards, you know, potentially threes and fours. They're probably going to start him at the four. Um, I bet you he averages nineteen point eight points per game this season. I think I think he's I think it's going to be good for him to have like a better ball handler than he's had since he's been in Dallas in Luka Doncic and you know Dennis Smith can handle the ball a little bit and they're probably going to start West Matthews again too. So like they're going to kind of have a small backcourt, kind of this like three guard backcourt. With Harrison Barnes at the four and DeAndre at the five. Yeah, see, I, I really like that lineup. I, I And I, I, I really hope that Wes Matthews can turn a corner this yeah. season because I loved him in Utah. I loved him in Portland. Yeah. And then that fucking Achilles injury yeah, just, like— I hurt him a lot. He hasn't been the same since, but, like, I, he, he started to—there were, there were shades of, of, of good last year. Um, Los Angeles Maybe Clippers. they could bring O.J. Mayo back, too. I Remember do, when he played there? I want O.J. Mayo to play for the Memphis Grizzlies because, like, they need some people. I to want O.J. Mayo to play— Forever, yeah. <laughs> Bring him 
to Chicago. Why not? Sign him in Orlando. I would buy. I would. I would buy an OJ Mayo jersey without a second thought. I declared when he was drafted that he was unquestionably the best player in that draft class. Uh, I was also, you know, seventeen, uh, and I loved him. Yeah. So. Yep. You know. Yep. I'll admit I was wrong. Bad call. Uh, I'm not ready to give it up yet. When he comes back, we, we still there's still time. My man is 32. He's a, he's done. He's done. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers, 36 and a half games is their prediction for this season. What says you, Tad? I this was the hardest one. The Clippers are an interesting team. They don't have anybody, but they also have a lot of people. They're deep. They have a deep, They just have no like. Stars. There's not one player on that team who I'm like, that's a really good player. Like, their best player is Tobias Harris? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think... Or Boban? <laughs> Boban's my fucking guy, dude. I love Boban. I think they win 37 games this season. I'm going to give them half a game over. People really like Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Like, people really like Yeah, him. I, lo- I, I like, loved him. I hated his fucking suit, yeah. but I loved, yeah, I had, loved his game. Opinions. I liked his suit. People like him... They've got a lot of depth. They've still got Lou Williams on a very team-friendly contract. They brought him back. They've got Tobias Harris. They brought back Avery Bradley. They've got a deep team. Like, they've got a lot of depth. They still have Danilo Gallinari if he can stay healthy this year. Like, they've they've got pieces. They brought back Montrezl Harrell. They, they've got so many pieces. They just don't have, like, a stud. They strike me as a team who can, like, float for most of the season, and right around the trade deadline, they're going to scoop somebody up. They have the assets to get somebody. And that's what I'm saying. Because they're so deep, like they're the type of team that can go out there and make a trade, bring somebody in that's just going to change the rest of their season. I just, I really see that for them, and it's going to be interesting to see can they keep things like above water enough so so that they can then make a case for making that like big midseason trade. Yeah, it's. Because there's going to be targets out there. There's going to be people out there. There always are people out there, and it's going to be interesting. Like, go get Kemba. Like, he's not a. He's a I know, but I'm just saying. Like, go get Kemba. Like, look at the teams that are on. Like, go get, fucking go get Marcus All. Go get Marcus All. Go get. Please, please don't. I like the Clippers. Please, <laughs> please don't trade for. Please don't trade for either of those players. You know what I'm really saying? Like, like the Clippers. There's there are players out there to be traded. Like, what if Portland has a, a weird season? Go get CJ McCollum. Go, go, get Dame, go get Damian Lillard. Or go get Dame. Like, there's, there are going to be options out there for them to scoop people up. Um, it, there's going to be plenty of options out there for them to pick people off of teams. Like, if Cleveland has a shit season, go get Kevin Love. Bring him in. Yeah, I mean, like, it's – it's yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, it's just such a – they're like the, the like, the bottom half of the West is so weird. Like, the teams are just so weird. Yes. Like, yes. the Clippers – like – I feel like the Clippers have twelve guys that can yeah. play, but like, not one guy that I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you're really good. Yeah, like, I, and I love shit. Tobias Harris. Yeah. So, next team on the list: Portland Trailblazers are at 42 games this year. They're bringing back the entire squad from last year, basically. I have them minus Ed Davis. I have them at 41 and 41. Ooh, I actually have them at 45. I think why? I like their team, man. They're a good. They're a good regular season team. Like, last year they had a very strong regular season. Dame is so fucking underrated. Like, as a point guard, he's probably the third best point guard in the league, depending on who you ask. Like, I just love him, just in general. Like, I got Steph, I've got Russ, and then I've got Dame. Hmm. I've got him ahead of Kyrie. I really do. 
I love Dame. I love his. I love Dame his game. Kyrie are like the same player in a lot of ways. A, neither one of them are defenders. Both of them are like high volume scorers, high volume shooters. They're very similar players in a lot of ways. I have him above Kyrie. Like he just has that. See, I still killer. have a hesitancy to put any of those guys really, except maybe except Steph. Not even maybe Steph. Like any of the like Chris Paul is still like number two to me. Nah, it's got to be Russ. It's always gonna be Russ. See, be. I I just I you know what. Russell Westbrook is an entertaining player to watch. But that does not make him a good player. He's a good player. He's I mean, player. he is a good player, but doesn't like and and like like uh, whatever. So I digress. Why do you but, why do you think that that Portland underperforms this year? I just like I just think they win forty one games. Like I just like that team. I love I love Lillard. I love CJ McCollum. Right. I like Nurkic is fine. It'll be interesting to see how they they're gonna miss Ed Davis. That's gonna like, hurt them. That's I. I that's gonna hurt that, them this the, he's he's a garbage man. Yeah, they're basically like, filling those minutes with like Myers Leonard, which that that experiment has failed miserably. Yeah, he sucks. It just uh, yeah, it's it's they're bringing back the same squad. They didn't really make any. Mo- that's the thing. Moves. I just it doesn't. You know what? It honestly, the, Portland for whatever reason to me is perpetually going five hundred. Like yeah. that is just they they but are. I mean, they were a four seed last year. I understand that, but that was also like because of circumstance because they won their their conference, not oh, their conference, their division. No, but it, they didn't win their division, did they? They didn't yeah. finish third. No, that would put them at four. No, there's three divisions, bro. There's three divisions in in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. Is that right? Yeah. I don't think that's right. Yeah, dude, look it up. Where are there four? Maybe there are four. I guess I never really thought about it. Because it's, it's always just conference. It's Western and... and ah, shit, there are only three. I For some so. reason, I always thought there I were... Thought f- so. I don't know why I thought there were... F- you know what? Say. I've been watching the NBA since I was in, like, fourth grade. I just assumed there was four. And, like, I, ju- I think I just, like, assumed... Mm-hmm. No, always three. That's what I thought. That You know what? That just, like... That just, like, kind of, like, I don't know if I just, like, made up a division in my head or what I did. But, like, you're right. Like, I just always think of it in terms of, like, yeah. East and West. Because, yeah. like, divisions That's, in the NBA don't really mean don't shit. mean shit. They don't mean anything. Like, they mean, they mean less than they mean in the NFL. And right. in the NFL, they don't really mean shit right. either. Right. Um, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they they had a very good season last year finishing for us. Now, got just demolished by the Pelicans last year in the playoffs, which was shocking to get swept by a team that kind of had a late-season surge after losing Boogie. Boogie. Um, I don't know. I like them. I, I've always liked them. They're not going to make a run in the playoffs. The Lakers are also better now too, and they they have Completely to see they have to see the Lakers. And they'll four, see them they'll, they see them four yes. times. So like agree. the thing is, like I feel like every other team in the West for the most part actually got better, and they just didn't. Yeah. Um. Next team on the list: San, San Antonio Spurs at forty-five games this year. Fifty. I have them at fifty wins. I struggle with this team because they're good and they're well coached. They're so they've they lost a lot of guys from last year's team. They lost. Well, I, they lost Danny Green. They lost slow mo. They didn't have Kawhi last year, so like that doesn't count. But um, they've also lost Manu. They lost Tony Parker, who Tony Parker was a shell of himself. But Manu one hundred percent contributed to that team last year and was a huge like off the bench contributor for them. They lose a lot, and I don't like. You basically take last year's team, take all those guys off, and bring in Jakob Pertl and Demar Derozan, which. I'm 100% on the DeMar DeRozan's revenge train. Like, put me on it. I'm, I'm on it. Because, like, that guy can get you buckets. The Spurs will help his shooting. Yeah. 
they're going to put him in a position to score points. I agree. He'll play with Lamarcus Aldridge, who, can, who will and benefit operate from a guy each other, like that. They'll play Lamarcus at the five. And I just, again. you know what? Like I believe in Greg Popovich. They still have Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay had a really good season last year for San Antonio. I, I, and I, be, I believe, I believe in Greg Popovich. I, I believe in, I, I believe in the fact that like there are guys on their bench who I've never fucking heard of. And guess what? Some of them will probably average twelve points a game this yeah, season. They have Deontay fair. Murray back, who I really like. No, he's out. Wait, he just tore his ACL. That's when, the other reason. I when think. did that happen? Last week. Shit, I completely missed that. Like, that's the other reason. Which is like you lose your number. You lose. You, they just lost their starting point guard. I did not know that. Yeah, I, oh, I, have, that, them, I have them under. I have, that them, I have them like at 40, 40 I'm gonna 44. go ahead and just say forty-five then, because I'm. You know what? Pop will find some random fucking point guard to fill that. I did not know that. Deion, I I completely missed that. And the thing is, like, they do it like was, in a like preseason, preseason game? game. Yeah, preseason. Or I think uh, it might have been a practice actually. I think it might I did been not know. I but, really like him too. Yeah, and he was like all he was like third team all defense last year as a rookie. Yeah, he's, he's a good he's a good player. Or, no, he wasn't a rookie last year. It was his second season. But he's really fucking good. He rebounds well. He's yeah. he good passer. He yeah. plays good defense. Like I really like him. He fits so well in that system. Damn it! Yeah. I'm actually gonna, I'm very him. disappointed to hear that. I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah, even right at 45. I'm gonna say like right around 43. I feel good about that. Minnesota Timberwolves also 45 games. Where's where do you? Oh, stand way under. I don't, that team is. I don't feel good about that team. I don't it. have. I honestly don't know. I'm gonna say they might win 22 games. I think they're better than that. I think they're gonna win like right around 39 games this year. I think there's and that Jimmy trade like. It feels inevitable, so I'm going to say 39 because it was painfully obvious that team, that team sucked without Jimmy Butler. And they have added Luol Deng. That's what they've added. That team has gotten not, has not gotten better. The system has not changed. Like Tibbs is just not adjusting to the to, to the new NBA and they're just in tor- they're in turmoil, man. They're they're fighting against each other. Like they're literally fighting with each other. I say thirty nine games, way under. I I hate the Minnesota Timberwolves. They group. honestly like okay, like twenty two wins. Obviously, like that's a gross exaggeration because they're more talented than sure. that. But like they, I like, I don't know. I legitimately don't know. Like that is is you were right. Turmoil. That is a bad like it's that. A, it's an ugly situation. That that is a dumpster fire, and the dumpster fire is in hell. <laughs> like no, it's bad. It's it, so fucking bad. And you are spot on. Like. Dude, Tibbs. I said it on that. Uh, like he, he dude, it's 2012 to Tibbs still. Yeah, like the the, the game has like passed him. him by quickly. Yeah, I don't like them at all. Uh, New Orleans uh, Pelicans are at 46 games over under. Where do you got them? 47. <laughs> I feel like people are blowing them. I just I don't know. You lose Rondo, who was a really good contributor for them. Yeah, I you just, replace him with Alfred Payton. You lose Boogie, which you know it. it, it you could argue you that it made them him. better last year. You didn't year. have him. They really. bring in Julius Randle, who I really like, as like somebody who could play the four for them, or come off the bench and be like their off the bench offense. Because like Nico probably is going to start at the five, like at, at the four with AD. At the I five. would, I would, I would rather them start Julius Randle at the four and bring Nico. I think up. they need Nico to stretch the floor though. Like Julius Randle's not going to stretch the floor. They need that to like create to open up space throughout the game for AD. He is going the, to have the thing is, is though. The my, thing is though, you can start. Randall, but give more minutes to Nico. Yeah, I think I, mean. I I genuinely think that if like if they finish with like let's just say they finish with the four seed this year, which I don't think they will, but if they do, I think Anthony Davis wins MVP this year. I feel really good about him winning the MVP because who else do they have to score? Drew Holiday and Nico to some extent. I think LeBron James is going to win MVP this year because I, I think he should win MVP every year. I but I not. think I think this is going to be tell LeBron's you, first let me, down year. Let me, let me tell you something. No, yeah, there's no such thing. LeBron will never have a down year until he retires. Oh, uh. Mark my words. Let me say this. Uh, LeBron will win MVP this season because he's in L.A. 
and sure. create a little more buzz. He's got a little more media attention in, oh, in that big market. Like mm. he he's. We'll talk about the Lakers here in a little bit, but he's just he's he's in this. He feels like he's at this point in his, his career where like he is in post career LeBron mode right now. It just feels that way. Oh, he's definitely there, but it, he's still the decline. The, the decline won't happen. I don't know, man. I, I think he's definitely there. Um, I don't love them, but anyways, New Orleans. I have them at like forty three games. I think they're gonna finish like right around sixth in in the in Western Conference. I had forty seven, and this is honestly like this was me like I wasn't looking at over under totals. This was just me saying, hey, here's how many wins I think they'll have, and forty seven is what I came out with, and they had forty. Their their over under is forty six, so you, I'm gonna go one game that, over. But let me. So you like San Antonio this year? You think New Orleans is better than San Antonio? Yeah, they have Anthony Davis. Fair. Drew Holiday has been playing extremely I well. I love Drew Holiday. He was great last year. All, all, for like all NBA defensive first team, like was su- a superior, like su- just superb for them in the playoffs last year. Um, Nico was a godsend for them. Um, I just, I think they're, I think they're good, and yeah. I think they're well coached. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like them. I, I do. I just, I don't like. I don't forty six games like them. I just, I also just like I lo- I like San Antonio. I think they're better because San Antonio, like you listed off all those people they lost, and then when you cut Deontay Murray out of that, like that just took. I mean, Deontay Murray is good for five wins. Yeah. So like I had him at fifty, and now I'm saying okay, forty five. So, next team on the agenda: Denver Nuggets, forty seven and a half games. What do you got? Fifty wins. Mm, I agree. That's exactly where I'm at. I really like this Denver team. And if Paul Millsap can actually stay healthy this year, you now have him as your defensive backbone. You have Isaiah Thomas, who is on a prove me con- prove prove myself contract, who is probably going to be their first option off the bench, which is where he was in Sacramento and Phoenix and in Boston when he first got there, and was very very good in that role. He has now been able to recover from his injuries. He, I, 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 he's just he's out for revenge, and I really think that like this is the year where Jamal Murray takes off. Like he's kind of like my early season yeah. pick for most improved player. Oh yeah, I he, really he, like. I bet him. you he averages twenty one, twenty two points a game. I really like that team. I have them at fifty. I just I I feel really good about them this year. They Jokic just, is good. Yeah, and they just missed the playoffs last year by literally losing to Minnesota the last game of the season. It was a phenomenal game. Their team is really good. I like Mike Malone as a coach. Gary Harris is a fucking awesome two-way guard. They've got a lot of really There's good There's so much talent players. on that team. Yeah. Like and it seems like they have no egos, which I love. Yeah. Uh I I I'm a huge Mike Malone proponent too. Like Mike Malone had seemingly been turning around the situation in Sacramento before he was like unceremoniously fired. So, weird. uh yeah, I'm all in on them. I think 50 wins, I think 3 or 4 seed. I like them. I have them as my four seed. Uh, next up, Los Angeles Lakers. We talked about them a little bit. Uh, LeBron comes to town. Obviously, that shakes things up. And then they bring in Mud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they bring in the foursome of Rajon Rondo, who I actually like. Um, he's gotten he's gotten calmer, more calm in his in his older years, and uh, is really settling into this veteran role. I, I know you don't love Brandon Ingram, but I fucking love Brandon Ingram, especially now. I told you. I told you. I'm giving him a year. He's got this year to prove me wrong. I think he's going to he's, – he's my other pick for, like, most improved player because the LeBron effect is going to come into play. He doesn't have the, the ball handling responsibilities anymore, and his shot has only gotten better as his career has progressed. Um, that being said, I'm probably going to say even. Yeah. 
I'm uneven. Like, I, I, I think they finish I as like the fucking know. five or six seed, like right in that range. I think they'll be good, not great. The little but, mud, the mud experiment is, experiment is going to go very well. Yeah. Or unbelievably poorly. Well, but here's the thing about LeBron teams. The team that he has today will not be the team that he has after the trade deadline. It's just not in his DNA. Every team that LeBron has been on, basically since his last year in Miami, gets completely gets a complete facelift when he comes into town. Well, yeah, because he, he makes everybody around him better. Well, no, that's not what I mean. I'm talking about player personnel. Like, that, think about last year. Oh, like, you're swapping, saying, like, yeah, okay. Like, they literally, like, they I got thought you meant, like, I thought roster. you meant they went from, like, being like, ah, oh, they kind of no, no, suck no, 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 to, no. like... I mean, like, actual personnel, like... His the team that the the roster that's there now is not going to be the roster that they have in three months. Like they're they're going to make moves as the season progresses. And in my opinion, I don't love Javale McGee being their starting center because he has not historically been a like even in Golden State. I he believe was, in Javale McGee this nah, season. I'm going to go ahead and say mm, it. You can't give that guy more than 20 minutes. A he game. did a couple interviews. He it. said all the right things, and I'm I'm in on it. Like in Golden State, he was in a very good situation where he was basically rotating with like David West. And uh, uh, Zaza and a couple other guys like Kavan Looney, like there, there was go. a rotation there. There was a rotation there that he he was getting like sixteen to eighteen minutes a game. And look, I really like what J- Javale has done while he was in Golden State, winning the two championships, and like the whole Shaq and a fool thing really like painted him in this specific light where he's kind of a knucklehead, and he is to some extent, but like he isn't a bad basketball player. He's incredibly athletic and a good defender, but like. 16 to 18 minutes a game or 16 to 20 minutes a game limits the potential for him to make knucklehead plays because he does make knucklehead plays. And he I does. don't like him as a starting center for a playoff team. Like, I don't like him as a guy who's getting 25 minutes a game. If you want to give him 18, cool. They need somebody else to pick up the minutes. There. I think it's going to be okay. I really do. I, I think it. Lance Stevenson is going to be a fucking disaster. I love it. I, I love think it. that Rondo is going to be a fucking disaster. Nah, I think Rondo's going to help. I think I, Rondo's going to really be I just, good. I don't know, yeah. man. Like, I can't see, like, it's... Because they're going to want to run, and Rondo's going to run with them, and LeBron's going to run with them. Like, LeBron last year played a very, like, slow-paced game, but I think that was more so based on the personnel, personnel. Yeah. than, like, the way he actually wants to play. Now, he does do this thing now where he kind of, like conserves energy but nonetheless like he has I think he's gonna it's, run with these guys it's gonna go bad though because the veterans are gonna play because they want another contract and they want more like they want to prove shit yeah, but and, the, and, the, and the young guys are not gonna get are, are gonna want to do the same thing but that's because they're the young guys and like it's their like they look at it as their fucking time that group of veterans with that group of yeah. young players it does not mesh I well. also it I also, goes poorly the only saving grace is that they have LeBron and Lock. well I also don't love like that Contavious Paul Caldwell Pope is a is a, a a clutch sports guy, and he's gonna get minutes that Josh Hart should be getting, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, that's definitely like gonna it's just it's gonna happen, and that's that's why I say like forty eight is fine. I'm gonna say they're gonna finish like five or sixty this year. Uh, next up, Oklahoma City Thunder, forty eight and a half games. So, what are your thoughts on that, Ted? Uh, this is such a weird one, but I get, I'm gonna say over, probably not by a ton, mm. maybe two or three wins. Yeah. Like forty, like forty-eight and a half, I guess. But like forty-eight, really, or forty-nine, however you want to look at that. Like yeah. it seems too low for me. Like I, I think they got better. They're better without Carmelo. They're, they lost. They lost Carmelo, and their bench depth is so much deeper they, this year. Like they had no backup point guard last year. No, like they. I mean, they had a body. Right. They had the a, a guy that played point guard. Point guard. Yes. yes. But like the, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder coming in, being their backup point guard, basically their sixth man, bringing in Nerlens Noel on a very team friendly contract, like bringing back Jeremy Grant. They're deep. They're, they're deep on the bench. It looks like Andre Robinson's going to be out for a while, which definitely hurts them. Like, yes, he is a fucking 
complete negative on the offensive end, but they are at his noticed, best. He is a zero. At, yeah, like peak peak Andre Roberson is a zero. However, on the defensive end, they have it's a it, there was a noticeable difference when both him and PG were on the floor compared to him being out of the lineup. Um, I completely agree with you. I think I got them right around like fifty one wins this year. I think they're going to be right in that top four of the uh, the Western Conference, like maybe even potentially. Number three, and, and I'll get to that here soon as we get to the last last. When we teams. when we talked about like top hundred players in the league, and we were talking about Paul George, like I said then, and I stick by it now. Paul George is like I don't know if you could call it taking a leap, like because of like his body of work in <laughs> there we go body work, uh, his body of work in Indiana, but like I think I, Paul George is going to have a resurgence, like. He was a good player last year. I'm not trying to say he was a bad player, but I think we are going to see 25, 26 points a game from Paul George. Well, and I think there's also something to be said about, like, not having that cloud above his head of, is he going to the Lakers? Like, that's gone. Oh, that's a good point. That's gone. Now he is settled into OKC. He is there. Like, all signs point to him wanting to be there. I mean, he signed, so he he wants to be there. I mean, he, like, he basically was like, like, you know, fuck all this speculation and, that, like, what you thought, like... I'm here. I'm. 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 Want to stay. I'm. Want to win. Like he's. You know. He seem. Him and Russ seem to get along really well. He likes playing with him. Um, his game, in some capacities, is, is similar to the game that Kevin Durant plays. And obviously, like yeah, it's a diluted version. But... Right. It's not. I mean, he's not Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant's also the second best player in the NBA. Like you know. I mean, so like. He, he... And there's a there's a there's a gap there for sure. But like his game is similar. He can shoot from the outside. He can create his own shot. He's a good defender. Um, I like I really like him, and I, I've always really liked him. His new shoes are dope. So like I mean, <laughs> that's always I, important. It is. It is. You look 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 good, play good. You know that kind of thing. Um, I I'm excited about them. I think they're going to be good. Um, I'm just I'm always I'm, I'm 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 interested to see how Russell Westbrook plays this season. Yeah, you and I did a uh, preseason podcast last year where we were both very bullish on the. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder and boy are we wrong. Uh, but I think this year's different. I really it, I so much deeper this year. I thought that Mello would own his role better than he did. Like I a hand up, I admit that. And I this is coming from somebody who constantly trashes Mello. Mm-hmm. I last season was like, you know what? He's gonna turn it around, he's gonna do the right little things, like he's gonna be a solid like third option for them, good spot up shooter, and then he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat last season. Like he was ba- I mean he was bad. He's yeah. a bad player, and he's—I mean, not that I really think he's a good player in general, but like, he's objectively a good player. Yeah. But um, next team on the list is the Utah Jazz at forty-nine and a half games. Tad, what do you have Utah this year? The two seed. Amen, brother. Amen. I completely agree. I—that team is going to take a—it's going to take a leap. They—they're going to take a—I think they are going to transcend into like the upper tier of teams i really do i love that team um bringing back Derek favors was a plus for them on a pretty team-friendly contract you hate Derek. i didn't say that i love him but he 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 serves a purpose on that team that's a plus for them that would have been a big loss um donovan mitchell year two of donovan mitchell you know you've got rudy gobert back and healthy uh ricky rubio is is back like he had a lot of really bright moments last year. On Ricky that team. Rubio could have potentially won most improved player last season. He had a great like, season with them. I think he proved a lot of people, myself included, wrong because I have been low on him for a long time. And mm-hmm. now I'm sitting here being like, dude, Rubio is a key piece to like them making this leap. I like him on that team. 
I know you don't love him, but I fucking love Jingles. Give me Jingles. Wait, all why? Day. I, I like Jingles. I just don't like. I'm not like overly like I'm not over the moon about the guy. He's a like, Jingles is is better than Carmelo Anthony I, right now. I also like okay. I have this weird thing where like I. It's it's like the guys like kind of like Chris Anderson and <laughs> yeah. like I have this thing where I don't really care for like rugged white players <laughs> like and I don't mean that as like I, but it's it's just this kind of thing where I don't I don't know what it is I would not call Joe Ingles rugged but he I, like he, he like, like gets a math in, teacher but he gets in like people's faces <laughs> sure. and like he yeah. like he he's he's such a like a get under your skin kind of guy and just for whatever reason I just really I don't like that he looks like somebody who teaches AP psychology like he doesn't look like a basketball player outside of his 6 foot 7 stature no he looks like he wears corduroy pants every day (laughs) of the year regardless of what season it is and look I own three pairs of corduroy pants I love them for the fall and the winter time but you know Mr. Serene shout out my high school chemistry teacher they're not a good look when it's you know 85 degrees outside towards the end of the school year. So, just, you know. Joe Ingles looks like Jake from State Farm's brother, Joe from State Farm. Joe from Progressive. <laughs> oh. They have a sibling rivalry. Wow. Him and Flo getting on. Uh, that, got, that got weird. I actually low-key love the other guy. Uh, I think his name is Jamie in the sta- in the Progressive commercials. Uh-huh. I, I honestly think that guy's hilarious. He's pretty funny. He's pretty funny. Um, I completely agree. I think Utah's – I got them at like 53 wins this year. I really like them. That's, as about, like the number two that's about where I have them, 53, 54. I really like them this year. Um, they yeah. will, of course, not beat the Warriors, which we'll talk about yeah, in a moment. It's fine. But, but I, I think they're going to have a really good season this year. I really like them as a number two seed, which brings us to our next uh, team in the Western Conference, which ultimately means that we think this team is not going to be the two seed. Uh, slated at 56 wins on the season, the Houston Rockets. Under? Yeah. It's got to be. I have them under. I, I do, too. I think they're going to be worse this year. They lost a lot in the offseason. I have them. The th- weird thing is, is, like, I have them under, and I have the Jazz at two, but I don't think the disparity between records is that great. Like, I have the Rockets at, like, 51 to 54 wins, somewhere in that range. So, like, they, they are almost interchangeable with the Jazz. I think the Jazz are built better for long-term success, though. So, like, as far as, like, playoffs go... I definitely have the like even if the Jazz end up as a three seed, I still have them going farther than Houston does. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think I think Houston's windows is closing, if not closed. I think that they ran Chris Paul into the ground during the playoffs. Like not they ran, but like he's he's getting older, man. And that hamstring is going to be tender this entire season. Um, you know, you bring it, you bring back, you bring in Carmelo Anthony, who it's. We'll, I, I just I, I actually see him fitting into a nice role there, but I think it's going to be a, a net negative because his defense is so bad. You bring in guys like Marco, Michael Carter-Williams, who I, I just don't fucking understand that signing. He does nothing that that team has as a philosophy. He does nothing. He doesn't do anything. Like, He's a terrible player. He does. I mean, it's just, it makes when no he sense. Was, when he was getting tons of burn with the 76ers, like, at the beginning of his game, people were so high on him. I'm like, you guys, do you not understand he's the only option on that bad team? And he is, like... He like he's a horribly inefficient player, but like he was putting up big big numbers because like there was nobody else. Here's what I will say: <clears throat> I think if there is ever a saving grace, and I haven't I haven't heard anybody else say this, so this is my little hot take. I think that while the trade for Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight was odd, I actually really like it because you now have a formidable backup point guard who can definitely take some time uh, from Chris Paul. And allow Chris Paul and and James Harden to 
kind of spread the wealth and stagger those minutes a little bit more. And let's not forget that Brandon Knight is not that far removed from an all-star season. Like, he he was a very, very good player in Milwaukee. Um, he was good early on in Phoenix and then kind of got relegated to the bench as they started tanking. I've always really liked Brandon Knight, and I think bringing him in as your backup point guard does good things for Chris Paul as the season progresses. I still think they're down to, like, probably 52 wins this year. Yeah, Brandon... Brandon Knight is such a weird player. Like, he's objectively good, but, like, I don't feel like he fits on really any team. Like, yeah. he just, like, I don't know, it, like, how well, like, his game doesn't, like, translate that well to, like, elevating the players around him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's a combo guard that's not really good at either, like, not, a, a like, a good player at either position. He's right. above average, right. but he's not a, a good player at yeah. either the shooting guard or the point guard role. I agree. All right, last team on our agenda. Last year's NBA champions. Last year, last year's NBA champions. Last year, last year, last year, last year's NBA champion. Golden State Warriors at 62.5. Where you got them, Tad? There's a big part of me that wants to say more. Like, there's a big part of me that says 66, 67 wins. Mm. There is also another part of me that pulls in the opposite direction because of complacency. Uh that team could win 66, 67, 70 games every year. Yep. They really could. Absolutely. But they should have last year. The thing is like they don't have to. No. I remember last year when like the Rockets were kind of like they were on that long win streak <laughs> and like you know they were playing really well and people were like, "Oh, like, you know, maybe the end of the reign." And it's like, "No, like do you like the the uh, my one of my biggest problems with NBA like fandom and media and stuff is that like People are so quick to like dethrone teams and players. Like people are like, ah, like look, they're they're falling off, and it's like you guys forget that like it's a fucking long season, yep. and that like these players that have already done this, like there are times where yes, they are going to coast because they can because right. they can coast on talent alone, and it like it it's not you shouldn't, but you when when you're that good, you can. Right, like the the heat. I think the Heat were the one seed one time during LeBron's tenure in Miami, mm-hmm. and it's because it doesn't fucking matter. Because yeah. as soon as you get to the playoffs, it's like, okay, fine, like let's turn it on and let's yeah. we'll destroy teams, and that's what they do. Yeah, no, I agree. I I actually have them under, but just slightly, like maybe like right around sixty wins. I think that they learned from the record-setting season that, like to your point, it's a long season. There's no need to go out there trying to set records during the regular season when the ultimate goal is a championship. And I actually not to not to backtrack here, but to go back to the Houston Rockets, I actually think that. Part of the reason why they fall to the three seed this year is they probably learned that lesson as well. Like going through that long win streak, like really, really putting their 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 foot, you know, down and you know, pedal to the metal the entirety of the season, getting that one seed ended up not being worth it in the end because they started breaking down and missed twenty seven three pointers in the last game of the season. Yeah, and no, like I actually I completely agree and I, I think like something that would like benefit a lot of NBA teams or at least like the the top tier NBA teams is like during the season like dude you can like you know how like in baseball like there are games where the team's like this is a bullpen game like we're not pitching any of our starters we're just gonna throw guys like an inning or two or three at a time like I think that some NBA teams would be like would would benefit from like hey you know what tonight like Chris Paul you're gonna play 20 minutes like James Harden you're gonna play 24 minutes like the night off like pop does it yeah and like gets fined for it by the league, but like I think there's there's something to be said about some nights just being like, look, our star players who like we are good enough to like we're when we when we play at full potential, like we're gonna make the playoffs no matter what. I think sometimes it makes sense to like give your guys like an easy night or like a, like a, you know like 
keep yourself healthy. And you, you are right that they probably learned that lesson from the record-breaking season. But at the same time, you got a chance to break the record. I think you got to go for yeah, it. Why not? I mean, and I, I do. The season looks like it's going that way, but I just don't see it this year. I, I do really hate that people. Well, no, I don't think they should do it again. I think yeah. it was fine that they did it now. Like, do well, not shoot for seventy four. They also but, like well, unless you have a chance to go eighty two and zero. Sure. But here's the thing. They also, like, what they needed more than anything else was more, like, help on the wing. And then they went and got Boogie. So the the thing that they needed more depth in, because, like, Andre Iguodala is getting older. And, like, there's injuries that are going to be had. Like, Clay's going to go down probably. The and... front court needs depth. Yeah, too. that's what I'm saying. Like, so they, they needed some help on that end. Like, Sean Livingston's only getting older. Like, there's all these guys that are are, are, are getting long in the tooth, and it would have helped to get some help on the wing and in in, in the backcourt. Um, Should have brought Swaggy P back. Yeah, maybe go get OJ Mayo. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I got to call. I got I to make a phone call. No, not happening. All right, let's go through seedings. We'll do like we did last week. We're going to go 1-1, 2-2, 3-3. Let's get down to the 8, and let's see what we got. I want you to start this time. Okay, fair. Uh, number one is Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, the Golden yeah. State Warriors. Number yeah. two, I've got Utah. I also have Utah. Number three, I have Houston. I also have Houston. Number four, I have Oklahoma City. I also have Oklahoma City. This no- is a fun game. Yeah, number five, I have Denver. I, too, have Denver. Mm-hmm. Number six, I have the Lakers. That's so weird because I have the Pelicans. Wow, okay. Okay, interesting. Whew. <laughs> I'm going to say number seven, I have Portland. I have the Lakers. Interesting. This is where it gets interesting because I said the Dallas Mavericks are going to make the playoffs this year, and I only have one team left. And that means that either the Spurs or the Pelicans are not going to make, or the Timberwolves are not going to make the playoffs in this prediction of mine. Yeah. I, I'm going to say that's. San Antonio is the eight seed, and I'm going to backtrack on my Dallas Mavericks pick. Although I think Dallas is going to be right there. I, I think New Orleans doesn't make the playoffs this year. Interesting. My hot take? I think I want to change mine. <laughs> Yo, this just speaks to the quality that is the Western Conference. This like, was so I, much I know. Like, I'm, I'm, like, thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, the Pelicans at six. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't think that I do. And I, like... But, like, the Spurs, like, I'm so high on them, but also so low because, like, they have no point guard. I mean, Patty Mills, but, like, like Patty Mills. I, I, and I like Patty Mills. So He's I. a good player, but, like, no Deontay Murray. Like, I, I just, I don't, this is, the thing is, the back end of the West is such a crapshoot. Like, like, 10 through 6 in the West is a crapshoot like 10 through 6 in the East is for the very opposite reason. In that like 6 through 10 in the West are all good teams. 6 through 10 in the East are all shitty and like they're kind of interchangeable. 6 through 10 in the West could potentially be 3 through 5 in the East. Yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. So, I am going to say that at the 6th seed I'm going to say your Los Angeles Lakers at the 7th seed I'm gonna. Oh man! I just realized I didn't. I didn't put Portland in the playoffs either. I have them out. I have them out at 41 wins. I have them going 500 and not making it. Boy. I have. I'm gonna go ahead and say at at seven, I have the the Pelicans, and then at eight, I have the Spurs. And I like 
earlier I said the Mavericks, I have them in, and I, I like legitimately believed that I had them in, and so I, I. I don't think that I do. So did I. And now I, now I realize how stupid it was for me to say that. I, that just, West is fucking loaded. It's impossible for that to happen. I just can't see it. Because um, like I have them yeah. winning 42 games, but that's not going to be enough to get in. And I have this, the Trailblazers at 41. Yeah, and I don't have the I don't have the Blazers in the playoffs. I don't have the Pelicans in the playoffs. I don't have the T Wolves in the playoffs. Interesting. Uh, who ends up in the Western Conference Finals? I'm gonna say the Warriors. Hot take: mm. the Warriors. And I'm gonna say the Jazz. I mean, those are my one and two seeds, but. I if not the Jazz, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Thunder. Yes, that's my number. That's what I have. I want the coolest Western Conference Finals ever. I want KD's former team versus his current team. I really, I really want the Jazz to make it, and I think that affects my pick a little bit. Sure. I I would say I probably believe more that the Thunder are gonna do it, but like I really want the Jazz to get. There. I think I think the Thunder's roster is built well for a deep playoff run. I really like the Thunder this year, and like that would be a really fun series. Ultimately, I think we both agree that the Warriors come out on top in that series. Yeah, the Warriors. The, the Warriors play the Celtics. Win the, the Western Conference Finals. So in the finals, then we have Boston versus Golden State. Yeah. Although a case could be made for Toronto. I really like Toronto. I really. I actually, I'm gonna say this too, and like I don't care what anybody thinks about this. But if there is a team that could knock the Warriors off, it is for sure the Celtics because they match up well. Mm-hmm. I agree. I completely agree. I, I love the Celtics. I'm, I'm, the Celtics have a, a phenomenal team. Um, in any case. And Kyrie Irving knows how to beat the Warriors. <clears throat> That's true. That's true. I think ultimately the Warriors probably win again, and it's it's unfortunate. This is the spoiler alert season part three. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that unfortunate. I really don't. Because, like, it's – Yes, like people are probably fatigued by them winning all the time, but it's also fu- like it's fun for team like like last year during that Rocket series. I hate the fucking Rockets. I've always hated them. Yeah. I love Chris Paul, but I hate James Harden. Um, I I kind of liked the uh, the Mike D'Antoni like resurrection tour that he went on. Like I enjoyed that, but I really enjoyed the series because I was like, holy shit, somebody might take down the Warriors. And I knew in my heart it wasn't going to happen, but holy fuck, was that an entertaining series to watch. And I truly think that the Celtics at full strength with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving and Mr. Funky Jalen Brown and like just Al Horford. Like I think that team could beat them. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that you've got like Aaron Baines, Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, that Shemi Ojale. That, that team is coming as, off the bench as deep as as anybody. Yeah, that team is really if if they're yeah that it. I completely agree that I think that I would also love Kyrie to win just to stick it to LeBron to be beat the Warriors. It would be great. I would love With, to see without it. LeBron. And I'm a huge Brad Stevens fan, so uh, you know all, all shout outs to him. Talk about guys. That like look like an AP psych teacher. He looks like he teaches history. Yeah, at he a, looks at like a magnet high school. I was gonna say it at like a community college, <laughs> but yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, last couple things before we wrap up here. I kind of know what your answer is gonna be, but I want to hear it anyways. NBA MVP of the 2018-2019 season is LeBron, and I am going to pick Anthony Davis. See, here's the thing. Do I really think LeBron is going to win MVP? No, but LeBron is my MVP. And I I this I don't like LeBron. I don't like him, but I like him as a basketball player and he is unquestionably the most valuable player 
in the league. I think that if the Lakers finish where you think they're going to finish, I don't think he's up for MVP if they finish sixth. I think it depends on his numbers. If he flirts, oh, if he, if he, if he flirts with thirty points a game, if he, if he averages twenty nine, eight and eight, and he shoots fifty six percent from the floor, then you can never make sure. a case to me that that guy shouldn't win MVP. And I want to be clear: like I picked Anthony Davis under the assumption that like he's going to be able to to carry that team for the entirety of the season, and his numbers are also going to be ridiculous. I don't. But you think... have them missing the playoffs. I do. I do. If they miss the playoffs, you can't give MVP. No, and he won't win. So here's here's my caveat. If the Pelicans do what I think they're going to do this year as a team, I think that... So they have to overachieve. They have to overachieve for him to win MVP. I think a more likely pick is going to be... I'm going to say I'm gonna say Kawhi. I feel really good about Kawhi this year. If he comes back fully healthy and is the Kawhi of old, he's the best player in the Eastern Conference. And you also have the narrative, <laughs> which voters love. Right. They love that right. stuff. Um just, like, uh, please don't give the fucking MVP award to James Harden. It like, won't happen. I think, I, I, voters have James Harden fatigue. Like, the, here's here's the thing. Like, this is, this, is, this is the way I always look at this. So, I'm an Orlando Magic fan, a team that is objectively very, very bad. And yeah. if I added James Harden to that team, we might make the eighth seed. I don't think so. But, but I'm saying better. the key word is might. Better. We might make the eighth seed. No the, but this can I finish my point? Go ahead. If we add LeBron to that team, we're a playoff team. If we add Anthony Davis to that team, we're a playoff team. Fair. If we add Kawhi Leonard to that team, we're a playoff team. Like those guys can actually like, and it's in the fucking Eastern Conference, which is weak sure. as hell. And you could get it. You'll get in in the back end, like eighth, seventh, sixth seed. Sure. But like, the fact of the matter is, those teams make your team markedly better. I agree. And Le, and uh, not LeBron, sorry, James Harden doesn't in my opinion, doesn't do that for me. You have to have, like, a very solid supporting cast for him. Mm. I don't know, because early on in Houston, he didn't really have much supporting cast, and he, he really did, like, share the load, and they were, like, a number three seed with him. So I I, I don't know. I have a hard time. N- I, Still had way more talent than, like. Than that Orlando team? So yeah. I'm not substantially more talented. I mean, not really. Like well, he, I'm trying to paint a narrative here. Well, their second best player was Chandler Parsons. Yeah, but he was he played well that season. Sure, I think Aaron Gordon was better than peak Chandler Parsons. I probably agree with that. You know what I mean? So, anyways, um, I really like Kawhi, and the other person who I think should definitely be in the conversation, especially if I'm interested to see what Bud does in Milwaukee, and I really think that if if Milwaukee can snatch the third seed in the Eastern Conference, there is a strong case to be made for Giannis, Giannis as MVP this year. Because he's gonna put up numbers. There's like a weird, there's a weird turn that I need Giannis to make. I like, agree. It's it's that thing from going from like scoring lots of points and getting lots of rebounds to like taking over games and being like like willing his team to wins and that kind of <laughs> thing. Like it's it's that weird like I like I'm I I, I, I know like. I'm not going to use the term clutch gene because that, like, fucking fuck Skip Bayless. And, like, that's also not, like, what I'm trying to drive at. But it's something like yeah, that where I it's, like, it. I want I want to see, like, I, I can't describe what it is. But it's just this thing, like, this feeling that I need to see out of him on the floor. Yeah. I also think, too, like, and I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast the other day. And he, he mentioned this when he was talking about kind of MVP uh, odds. Giannis is in, like... MVP or bus mode right now. Like the way that he 
attacked the offseason and like how much more muscular he got and like how much yeah. he's working out with Kevin Garnett. He's working out with Kobe Bryant. Like he is in I'm the best player in the NBA and you guys just don't know it yet mode. Who's your dark horse MVP candidate? So my dark horse MVP candidate I'm gonna say is Ben Simmons. Oh, okay, I like that. I I genuinely think that if Ben Simmons can be the the table setter for that team and averages just short of a triple double, and he needs to average I think eighteen or nineteen a game. I'd say probably closer to twenty for him to be Fair like enough. like MVP caliber. Steve Nash averaged sixteen points a game. The sure, season they were also it. like number one seed. In like oh, I mean, no, no, no. I, I know. I, I just I was just thinking wins. about that. But like. Ben Simmons is like my dark horse. Like if he can set the table, because like Joel Embiid is going to be their best player. Yeah, un- unquestionably. But I think that Ben Simmons could put up the stats and also be kind of the 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 ta- the, the trendsetter and the table setter for that team. That if they finish like let's say with the number two seed or even like somehow sneak into the one seed, Ben Simmons would be like my dark dark horse MVP. Not as much of a dark horse, I don't think, for me, but mine would be Kyrie. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Like, I wonder if he can. I wonder if he can put up the stats on that team. That's though. what I'm saying. So if he puts up big numbers and like, let's say they run away with the one seed, like let's say they win 66 games, like I think that puts him in the conversation. But I, I also think too, like based off of the the performance that Jason Tatum had in the playoffs, they're going to defer to him a lot on the offensive end. And I just wonder if this this team strikes me more like the Detroit Pistons of the early two thousands, where Agreed. like the the wealth of of scoring is going to be shared pretty evenly. I see Kyrie finishing like right around like nineteen point eight, which is oh I, I still I still think he gets probably I think close. he I think he's probably he, going to break the twenty point. I think mark. he's like a twenty one point two if you sure. want to get weirdly specific sure. in points like twenty one point two points a game. But that's why I think like that scoring load is going to be pretty evenly distributed. Honestly, the person I think get, that gets hurt the worst on Boston, like Al Horford might average like six points again this year. Like, <laughs> this is not no, a shot. That's, that's, you're not wrong. There's not enough shots to go around on that team. Well, I would honestly love to see, and I mean, this won't happen just because like the way the modern game is and defensive schemes are, but I would love to see Kyrie score like 26, 27 a game and that team average like 130 a night. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, last question before we wrap up today. Rookie of the year for 2018-2019 is... Why don't you tell them your dumbass opinion? I am going to die on this sword. I'm picking Trey Young for rookie of the year. What a terrible <laughs> hill to die on. <laughs> I'm, let me tell you why I'm picking Trey Young. Is it because he's just going to get to fucking fire the ball at the basket all night long? All they have to do... Is it because he's got tiny arms? He does have tiny arms. And, the, and a big head. He's like he's a Tyrannosaurus a really Rex. weird-shaped head. Here's my thing about Trey Young. He is fun to watch. He is... Uh, he does a lot in terms of not only shooting, but playmaking. That Atlanta team has the lowest of expectations. And if they overachieve by even the slightest margin, and his numbers, which he's going to have every opportunity to average 20 points a game, if his numbers are at that level... Like, even if Luka Doncic has the season a lot of people think he's going to have and somehow leads Dallas into the playoffs, I still think that Trey Young has some really strong potential to win Rookie of the Year because they have nobody else and they don't have they don't have any expectations. So if they're even remotely better than... If they finish as the third worst team in the Eastern Conference, I think he still can have a chance at Rookie of the Year. That's fair. You know what? 
you made a good argument. It's still a terrible opinion. <laughs> that's my that's my pick. But I appreciate I appreciate your your candor in why you feel that way. Thank you. So I have two thoughts. Number one, uh, I think that Mo Bamba will actually be in the conversation. I don't think he'll win it. I think it's hard for big men to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, like <clears throat> DeAndre Ayton probably has a shot, but Luka Doncic is my pick. So this what's interesting. Is that these Luka Doncic and Trey Young were essentially traded for one another on draft night, you know, along with some other assets. <laughs> so this will be fun to see. And the thing is, we're gonna pick both of these guys, and then fucking Kevin Knox is gonna <laughs> yeah. win. Is gonna neither, win rookie of the year. Neither one of them are gonna be in the conversation. At the end of the year, you're gonna be like, wait, wait Shade Shade gonna be like, Alexander won rookie of the year. How it's the gonna be like, yeah, like Jaron Jackson <laughs> is like gonna win. Like that's what's gonna happen. I keep forgetting about Jaron Jackson. I really like him. He's good. He's, he's a good player. So good. And like Miles Bridges, like I, dude, Miles Bridges, he's going to be in the dunk contest this year. Yeah, calling that right now. I would say that's he probably is going accurate. to have a lot of highlight plays throughout the season. This is a good rookie class. I agree. There's a lot of guys I'm excited for. So like, uh, I I don't think I'll be you know like another like honestly a guy that could definitely win this thing. Michael Porter Jr. He's not playing this year. Oh, that, I knew that. They're Why? giving him a retreat. Yeah, I knew that. Fuck, back. I did. I knew that, so he could win it next year. Do you think that Wendell Carter Jr. has a chance? No. Come on. I really don't. I like. I think he's going to be a good player, but he's not going to. He's not going to put up numbers that like. The thing is, like his role on this team as a rookie this season is not going to give him the opportunity yeah. to put up the numbers I, that I agree. you it's, need. To... It's already hard enough to win as a big man. Right. It's even harder to win as a big man. That's like the fifth scoring option, who's pretty much relied on primarily for rebounding and defense. And defense. Yeah, exactly. And no, I, I think agree. He's going to carve out a nice role for himself in the league, but like he just he won't have the opportunity. I agree. Um, anything else we want to talk about today before we wrap up? We have a fairly long episode here, but not too bad. All I things considered. It's like five days, man. It's crazy. I'm so excited. Like, it's, it's basically four days at this point. It is four days when this episode will air. That's true. Because as you so told told everybody earlier, this was, it's live for us, but y'all going to hear this tomorrow. The internet is a fascinating uh, tool, uh, uh, invention, if you will. The downfall of human civilization to some degree. Stop. As I check my Instagram feed. Um, Ted, why don't you plug yourself? Follow me on Twitter at Tad Hall underscore. Uh, as I always say, a lot of football and baseball tweets right now with the MLB playoffs going on and my beloved Milwaukee Brewers playing in the NLCS. And uh, however, NBA tips off on the 16th on Tuesday. I have already purchased my League Pass subscription. I'm very excited, or very excited, excuse me. And uh, yeah, so we'll probably be back to regularly scheduled programming with tons of basketball hot takes and outrageous claims that I'll delete probably the next day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, at Tad Hall underscore. Yeah, you can follow me at J underscore Keelas on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow MBA at MBA Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure that you give the podcast a five-star review and a, a, a pardon me, a five-star rating and a review. Give us some yays in the comments. That'd be dope. Um, tell your friends. Tell your frenemies. Tell your friends. Friends. Tell Tad's mom. To tell tell your, her friends. Tell your dog. Sure. Tell your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know what? Pregnant women, put this... Like, let your, like, unborn children listen to this because studies have shown that listening to this podcast while in the womb will actually make them more intelligent. The opinions of one Tad Hall do not represent the opinions of the Yay Network and or the Yay uh, MPA pod. Uh, We would not advise that you ever play this podcast for children, especially uh, infants and or fetuses. Thank you very much. 
Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, y'all. Well, this has been NBA episode 65 for Tad, for Jay, for Nikki. <laughs> this has been RIP. This, this, this has been NBA. Nikki, we miss you. Uh, for Tad, for Jay, this has been NBA. We're out.